It's another in the long line of OMN Coffee Shop Conversations. For some reason, I never introduced myself, perhaps because there was a byline. So let me tell you that I'm Tom D'Antoni, editor-in-chief and co-founder of Oregon Music News. And I love doing these podcast episodes. I hope they're as much fun for you and that you learn as much as I do about our guests. Today, she calls herself Stephanie Strange and her band Strange and the Familiars. She sings and writes, but you wouldn't exactly call her a singer-songwriter. There's more going on than strumming and lyrics. They have a, an album release coming up and a gig at Jack London Review on Halloween. Meet Stephanie Strange. Welcome back to Artichoke. Oh, well, thank you so much. It's so good to be here. One of my favorite spots in Portland. Yeah, you've played here a bunch? I have, yeah. We yeah. played at the the last, that first old one, and then the second one, wow. and then here we've come a few times. Yeah, it's always a good audience at Artichoke. Good. Yeah. Good, good. There's no audience here today. No, I kind of so like it. We'll have to be our, our our own audience. No problem. I'll <laughs> I'll cheer for you. You can cheer for me. <laughs> okay. So, is your name really Stephanie Strange? My name is not Stephanie Strange. Okay. Yes, my name is Stephanie Selza. Okay. Yep. Um, which has also been in debate when I was took opera lessons when we moved to Oregon. Oh. My teacher Brian Swingle he slapped my hand and he said. Your last name is pronounced Scheltza. Oh. And don't you forget that. <laughs> because we Americanized it when yeah. we came to the U.S. Yeah. And so I started pronouncing it Scheltza. And my family was like, it's Selza. <laughs> and uh, so Strange sort of nipped all that in the bud anyway. <laughs> There's a trumpet player here in, in Portland named is, is Paul Mazzio. M-A-Z-Z-I-O. That sounds familiar. Well, the thing is, everybody calls him Paul Mazio. Mm -hmm. But I had him in here, because I'm Italian, mm -hmm. and I said, well, how, do you, how does your family pronounce him? He goes, they say Mazio. Right. <laughs> People will pronounce it as they will. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it took me till, till, till um, uh, Mike D'Antoni, the, the uh, NBA coach, mm -hmm. you know, got, some, got some fame before people understood how to pronounce my name. Right, D'Antoni. Yeah. Okay, yes, right. I, I, I pronounce it differently every time. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you choose the name Strange? Uh, well, actually, um, I was developing this character and this storyline uh -huh. back when I managed a cafe. Uh -huh. And to be honest with you, I wanted a separation between the cafe work and my sometimes grating slightly edgy Facebook persona. <laughs> and that was something that created a clear delineation and tied in with the storyline I was building. Um, and it, it just kind of came in this period of creativity when I found my, my cat, Nina Nightmare, and yeah. Stephanie Strange kind of went with it. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah. it was, that was the main reason, or the first reason anyway. That makes sense. Yeah. Sounds like good marketing to me. Right, right, and it's still SS, yeah. my initials, yeah. 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 <laughs> what cafe was it? Cafe Darte. Huh, where was that? That was a uh, Northeast Fifteenth and Widler. Huh. Yeah, it was. It was around for a long time, and uh, oh yeah, yeah, it's a really good Italian espresso. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That is. I managed. I worked there for eight years, and I managed wow. it for five, I think. Really? Yeah. That's that's where I started writing, and huh. where I started. Um, you know, coming out of some darker times and uh -huh. was started writing about it. And that's really when my creativity changed was during that time. From what to what? 
from sort of a, a well, a younger, more, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm, I'm, it's hard to describe it. The name of my old band was Steph Infection and the Heebie Jeebies. <laughs> and we were very bold, uh-huh. very, very bold. And um, Punk, grunge, what? No, it was, um, it was sort of folk. Uh, we had a, a uh-huh. viola player, but it was really like high <laughs> Everybody energy. Everybody had a viola or a cello player at that time. It's true. Every band had a cello or yeah. a viola. <laughs> well, we weren't the only ones. We didn't no. invent that. No. Okay. Um, and so I, it's hard to describe that it was edgy. And it, there were a lot of uh-huh. like, um, like I used to write love songs. and But uh-huh. people would dance and real drinking uh-huh. music. Uh-huh. Uh, Two storytelling, more nuanced, less on the nose, more metaphors, more animals. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I just got sick of, I kind of came to the end of love songs, writing, oh. you know, about things just yeah. as they were. I wanted to mm-hmm. have this magical world that I wanted to write about. Uh-huh. Yeah. That you made up. Yeah, informed by a lot yeah. of literature yeah. and pop culture and my favorite authors, things like that. Like who? Neil Gaiman. Uh-huh. I love Neil Gaiman. The Sandman uh-huh. was a g- big game changer for me. Um, I love everything to do with fantasy. Huh. Alan Moore. Um, I read a lot of young adult books and children's books, huh. Wrinkle in Time and um, the uh, the. Tr- this three series that's really popular Philip Pullman mm-hmm. I forget what that's called right now um, and you know Harry Potter too and mm-hmm. just these magical worlds and mm. the idea of magical realism and magical realism within your own storytelling mm. that's that's a big big one for me mm. yeah okay and so when did this sort of transition uh, between bands happen when, when was that that was probably about Five or six years ago, uh-huh. I was quitting drinking. Uh-huh. I was having a real problem with alcohol, uh-huh. and I'd struggled with drugs and alcohol since my back surgery. We were talking before yeah, yeah. before we got on the air. Um, I had back surgery, and I was uh, 21 or 22, and um, started taking opiates yeah. and was addicted to them, yeah. and started mixing in drinking, mm. and that's kind of just sunk my 20s into that mm-hmm. <laughs> that mm-hmm. video games do it. yeah it right. sure will right. you don't really need to do much else when you're right. taking opiates right. um and it was in so much pain and yeah. didn't have much extra bandwidth for anything else right um and i quit taking pills right before i started working at cafe d'arte i'd hit my rock bottom huh. didn't have a place to live didn't oh have a boy. job right. um and I had this opportunity, and I was going through all this rebound pain that happens when you get off, off painkillers. Uh-huh, right. um, and I got, the, I got the job somehow, even though I was super hungover at my interview, but it was sort of this ragtag crew there. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> yeah, so that's how, I, that's how I started working there. Was, um, I was in the throes of kind of my last couple years of alcoholism, and that's where I, that's where I sobered up and... Um, things started changing, you know, things started coming to the surface with sobriety mm-hmm. that I wasn't expecting. And a lot of that was mm-hmm. this this new creative endeavor, very different direction than huh. it had been. Very different meaning, too, before mm-hmm. it was for fun and passion and yes, because I needed to. And then it switched to absolutely because I need, needed to. I needed to write my new story and give myself a chance to become someone different. And it was through these stories that I was able to reinvent myself and start to convince myself that I could be something different than I'd been. Huh. Yeah. 
Did you have a muse or did you self-muse? Uh, it was, Nina was my muse, my cat. Aha! Uh-huh. She was the start of it all. Ah. Um, her and, there were a couple things that happened around that time that were kind of traumatic. Um, that formed this world a little bit. I was kind of dealing with uh, death that I had experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, I One morning I um, went to open the cafe and found a regular customer had climbed the tree outside of Darte, you know that big yeah. tulip tree? Yeah. Um, he was a tree climber and he took pictures of the moon through oh, trees. Geez. His name was John and he'd fallen. Oh. And um, I found him and I sat with him um, and he, he was dying. Um, and the ambulance came and they took him away and he passed away on the way to the hospital and wow. this was very formative for me. Yeah. Um, and in kind of coping with this and and sobriety and mm-hmm. um, changing things, um, these stories started to come out. He became uh, someone that walked with me in a way, a ghost. Mm-hmm. And that helped form this world of this idea of like coping and mm-hmm. um, loss. Um, loss of also who I used to be and the freedom in alcoholism, mm-hmm. the, the mm-hmm. feeling really good about yourself and walking through the world in a really bold way. Yeah. Um, and Nina came into my life just at that time too. And first came the name, Nina Nightmare, and then the stories came. And she was really interesting from the start anyway. And she came with two other black cats. Hmm. Um, so the stories just kind of flowed. Wait, and you had three black cats? There were three black cats that came into the neighborhood together. Oh, and really? Yes. Were they related? I think so. They were. They were odd. They were. <laughs> they were. We had the biggest feral cat population in all of Portland, ah. in this neighborhood, and so I. We there were kittens around all the time, but these three black cats were probably a year old when they showed up mm-hmm. and they just showed up together the first time i saw them they were sitting on these three camp chairs <laughs> around a fire just like people <laughs> hanging out looking at each other right and then they were never apart and they were always they just acted a little different than the other cats and nina was bold much like um that mac who you were talking about yeah. your old cat just yeah. walked into people's houses everybody knew mm-hmm. her yeah and yeah. the day she popped on my chest when i was reading a book on the front porch uh. i knew that she was going to be my So cat. she adopted you. She adopted me. Well, that's what they do. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Well, was... Every time I've gone to look at a cat, uh, you know, you, you have to audition for them. Exactly. I have to, I have to, I have to tell everybody, um, uh, Stephanie and I lost cats around the same time during the summer. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we, we had some conversations about it. And, uh, and, when, and when she got here a, few, a little while ago, we spent we spent a long time just talking about cats, thinking, well, okay, this is a music podcast. This is not a cat podcast, but we both, uh, you know, uh, we, we both love cats and mm-hmm. and in uh, in in real real nuanced and and, and deep uh, deep ways. Oh yes. Yeah. And luckily, a lot of my music and art is about cats, so uh-huh. we could still talk about cats. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, some of your music is about worms. Some of the music is about worms. Yes, <laughs> yes. It's a video I just released. The, I, uh, I, I saw that. Yeah. Um, called Pie. Pie. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit. 
Well, well, you, when you wrote the when you wrote the song, it wasn't about worms, was it? No, I didn't think so. It wasn't. <laughs> nope. Um, it was. Let's see. I was working on Hawthorne, mm-hmm. right outside the House of Vintage, on mm-hmm. the candy bus. Did you ever see the candy bus? No. It was a small bus that had been converted into a vintage candy store, huh. and it was so cute. Um, Christine McKernan was the owner, mm-hmm. and it was this pastel pink and green, beautiful, lit-up bus that we parked outside the House of Vintage, and mm-hmm. I sold uh, vintage candy out of mm. little old-school desks inside the bus. Wow. It was amazing. Yeah. And one of the most carefree summers of my life, wow. um, and I brought my guitar on the bus a lot of times, and that was a song, one of those songs that just kind of flowed out one uh-huh. day, uh-huh. and so I've had it for years, and then quarantine came and it had been a long time since we released our first album and so Tim my producer Tim Karpless and I just did a kind of a ragtag group of songs and that was Mm -hmm. one of them Mm -hmm. and then um, I started working at fame a school for Mm -hmm. people with intellectual and developmental disabilities Mm -hmm. um, an art school and I started there the term before quarantine Mm -hmm. and I taught one class and I really didn't know what I was doing, which the hiring director was kind of okay with because they hired teaching artists from the community. What were you teaching? I was teaching iPad um, soundscapes, how to create huh. these soundscapes with, uh-huh. with iPads. And that was just a class they had open. So I, I jumped in and I'd done some work with GarageBand and iPad. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was pretty uncomfortable. I didn't really feel like I was very good at it or knew what I was doing Mm -hmm. but I also knew that I really liked working with the population Mm -hmm. and then quarantine hit and they reached out to all the teaching artists and said can you come up with some new classes that work online because we're going online and that was my chance to shine because we kind of all started from scratch in a way nice and um, the classes that I came up with were puppet making Uh and um Instagram cartoons is what I was calling it because mm-hmm. I make little paper puppets and mm-hmm. do cartoons with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, memoir writing, things like that. And through the animation animation program, it became an animation program because <laughs> there was a student named Crystal Kralian who came yeah. in and she said, I really wanted to take your class, but I didn't have a chance last term, so look at this that I made. And it was this beautiful stop motion animation, which was far above what we were doing. Uh-huh. So it pushed the program to places that where I had to learn a lot more. Uh-huh. And um, I, I, she and I became friends and mm-hmm. um, we worked together. I hired her to do this video. Um, the reason we settled on worms was because she was starting off <laughs> and she didn't know how to animate feet at the time. <laughs> So we started with worms because that was easier for her to move and to figure out. And we came up with this idea from there of a worm who was alone in the world and then found a friend and they traveled together and then lost their friend. Mm-hmm. And just just when you think things are the worst, when a bird comes and swoops that worm, worm up, mm-hmm. um, it drops it into a pie and the two worms <laughs> find each other again. That's sweet. Yeah. yeah and it, yeah, it went really yeah. well with the song, which is yeah. a song outside of my usual subject matter, just a very um, honest, poignant, on the nose song about having hope and through dark times and uh-huh. um, knowing that you're gonna get through the hardest stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. What is your usual subject matter? These days, black cats, and <laughs> it falls into the realm of this sort of witchy, mm-hmm. um, 
witchy world of magic. We, I call it the strange world. Mm-hmm. And that is where my character, Stephanie Strange, lives with the nightmares. These three black cats who, they mm-hmm. masquerade as cats during the day, but really they've come to help humans fight their own fears <laughs> so that we can rest when we sleep. Uh-huh. And I wrote it when Trump was in office. Yes. <laughs> and that um, the, the idea was that the nightmares come to us in our sleep mm-hmm. because we need to rest so that we can fight the real monsters mm-hmm. in the waking world. But if we're mm. so busy fighting our own fears all the time, we'll never have the energy to mm-hmm. fight the actual, mm-hmm. the real bad guys that are walking mm-hmm. around. Sounds like a David Lynch kind of thing. Mm, I love David Lynch, yeah. Yes. Sort of a dark, very right. tongue-in-cheek, yeah. very, yeah. Yeah, we live inside the dream, but who is the dreamer? Exactly. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> I'm, I'm a devoted Twin Peaks fanatic. As am I. Aha! Uh-huh. Oh, yes. Aha. Uh-huh. I had someone else in here who was also uh, a Twin Peaks fan. And we, and, and, and we, we did about... 20 minutes of talking about her music mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden Twin Peaks came up and we never got back to the music. <laughs> awesome. Did you, did you watch The Return? I didn't watch The Return. Oh my no, God. Oh I my know. God. I oh, know. Stephanie. Stephanie, no, you have to. You know what I haven't you seen have... either is I haven't even seen Firewalk with me. Oh my God. Oh, I've you seen have the to. series probably four you times. Have, you have to, you've got to see The Return. Okay. You must see The I, Return. I'll watch it tonight. No, it's, it's, eight, it's 18 episodes. I will watch it over the next two months. <laughs> oh my God. When was that made? A few years ago, about okay. th- three years ago. All right. I, I have trouble sometimes with the revisiting. I get so in my comfort zone with originals that a lot of times I will be a contrarian about new things. But Lynch made every one of these right. episodes. Yeah. It's not like Sopranos where they brought in other directors yeah. and stuff. I mean, I'm not this defending is all that I have David seen. Lynch. Okay. And Mark Frost, of course. Well, that's yeah, perfect. They, they, I was yeah. just looking for Halloween movies and shows to watch. Oh my so God. that's going to be it then. When you get to take, when you get to um, episode eight, many people, including me, mm-hmm. think it's the best thing that's ever been on television. Okay. 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 Yeah. So definitely, like, go get to episode yeah. eight. Yeah. 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 It, it's it, it's it won't be what you're expecting. I mean, the 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 the, the beginning of this this whole the return. Yeah. Most of the return is not what you're what you're expecting. Great. That's that's David Lynch in a nutshell, yeah, it is, right? It is. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But anyway, it's, there's a scene uh, where Lynch is in a. Because <laughs> Lynch is such a dog. My God. <laughs> he always has the most beautiful, intelligent women in his movies. Oh yeah. And he's there's one scene, that 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 line about but who is the dreamer? Right. It's a scene where he is in. He plays Gordon Cooper, the the, the FBI guy. Okay. And he's in this. He's. I mean, he's. He's. He's in the series. Yeah. He's a big. He's a big character, as an actor, and um. And he, he's telling. He's telling somebody about a dream he had, mm-hmm. when he was in Paris, mm-hmm. with Monica Belusky. <laughs> Monica Belusky. Yeah. Yeah. The, the 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 Italian actress. Okay. Or okay. Belushi, I guess. Anyway. Belushi, okay. I don't think I know her. Oh, she's absolutely just gorgeous. Yes, just a, yeah, a knockout. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That and uh, they're having coffee, and and uh, uh, and and she says to him, 
we live inside a dream, but who is the dreamer? Mm. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, line. We never, of course, because it's Lynch, we never, we never really know, <laughs> because uh, yes. we never really know. Exactly. Yes. That's that's the beauty of it. I remember seeing a racer head in oh, college. Oh, that's, that's hard. Oh, it was hard. It was so hard. Very hard. Um, but I had never had such a reaction to uh, <laughs> something I was watching before. And I remember just like being overwhelmed, like the sounds and I had to leave for a minute and I was just like, I didn't know what was happening. My heart was kind of racing. Um, and I knew that it was a, a special moment in my appreciation of art when I was being <laughs> negatively affected by something. What's the song? What's the song she sings? Um, oh, um, 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 Oh, well, I can't remember right now. I'm, oh, I'm well. just going to be the worst for recall. Yeah, oh, well. <laughs> I have an excuse. I'm old. Well, I, I have no excuse <laughs> except that I'm a dreamer. <laughs> so how does, how does this concept, these, these concepts that you work with, mm -hmm. how does that affect the music itself? Well, it gives it a, a spookiness. Uh -huh. um, Oh, it's, it's become very orchestral, and I didn't really intend for that to happen with cello, and um, we for the next album, we have these beautiful orchestral arrangements. Anna Tivill came in and played violin. In heaven, everything is fine. There we go. In heaven, <laughs> everything is fine. You got your good friends, your things, and I've got mine. Yeah. <laughs> you got it. Okay, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, that's, that's perfect. Um, what was I saying? It's gone. Well, we were talking about uh, how, how it affects the, uh, that, that it's more orchestral. It's more orchestral. It is harder to pinpoint the genre, I think, uh -huh. now, because it's... Like I said, it's a little bit witchy. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit, it's a little bit silly. It's a, a little bit aimed at children in some ways. Um, it's dark, but it's whimsical. Mm -hmm. um, so it's I find it very hard to describe the genre at times mm -hmm. because it's so much more about the story, mm -hmm. and the music forms up around it. So there's some like funk elements in there. Yeah. And, well, yeah. that's why Mark Bowden is so good in your band. Oh my gosh! Yes. I he's he's been on the podcast. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm not surprised. Yeah. 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 He's a he's a wonder. Yeah. He can do anything. Anything. With that right. Guitar. That's his versatility is is the most important thing with him. It really is, and he yeah. he. Me meets me, matches, elevates the music every mm -hmm. time. He gives it exactly what it needs. And mm -hmm. um, I can talk to him musically, obviously, but mm -hmm. I can also just tell him a story or I can tell him what I'm seeing in my head mm -hmm. and he he plays it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I mean, he doesn't need any direction. He yeah. just listens and he gives it what it needs. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh -huh. Who else is in your band? Well, um, Mark Bowden plays the guitar, mm -hmm. and then Tim Carplus, mm -hmm. who has played a lot of different instruments and has produced the last two albums, is plays drums. Mm -hmm. And Owen Hoffman-Smith joined us last year on the cello. Mm -hmm. um, Julio Appling sometimes plays stand-up bass. 
um, J.D. Erickson will sometimes play saxophone. Mm-hmm. Um, I really have like this rotating cast of familiars. Well, welcome to Portland. Right. <laughs> I mean, there's too many good people to yeah. not like, yeah. you know. And then everybody's in 10 bands. So right. when I have a player who can't make it to a show, then Mark Powers will play drums for us. Mm-hmm. Or I'll have, you know, somebody fill in. But those are the main main players. Bowden, Tim Carplus, and Owen Hoffman-Smith. Yeah. Yeah. I have to ask... Um, how the how the, the 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 virus has affected your music, and what you've gone through. Yeah. Oh, it's because a, you, you in in the, and in the middle of all of it, you lost your cat. Yeah, yeah. It's been. Uh, I think it's been hard for everybody. So it's yeah. It's everybody has this huge bag of horrible, horrible things that happened yeah. over quarantine, right. and um, I would say overall if I'm looking at like musically the side of it um, it squeezed me so hard and Mm. it really distilled Mm -hmm. what I was doing uh, gave me drive that I didn't have before and Mm. direction and um, showed me what was really important and then um, I feel like the performances have been stronger and more heartfelt and Mm. audiences are more invested than they've ever been Mm -hmm. Um, my stuff really speaks to the heart of um frailty mental and mm-hmm. emotional frailty mm-hmm. and reinventing yourself and mm-hmm. um coping with the changing world mm-hmm. and not choosing the world that we're in um with capitalism and corruption mm-hmm. and being so money driven i didn't pick that mm-hmm. but i'm living in this world and there's there's a choice but not much of a choice mm-hmm. you you mm-hmm. kind of have to play along yeah um and so that has been i think affecting audiences more too and Mm -hmm. there's this really nice energy exchange Um, but it happened um, with just a lot of painful situations Mm -hmm. Um, there was um, I I had a stalker which I haven't talked to anybody about and um, it was very very disturbing and shook my security in my life and made me realize that I wasn't as safe as I thought I was. Mm. Is it over? Um, it, uh, it doesn't da- affect me daily anymore, but um, that was also, I had learned that there's not much protection for people was in it a this fan? world. It was a fan. Yeah. A fan who was um, at one point an acquaintance, maybe, yeah. maybe a friend. Yeah. But that you know there was something going on the whole time and i uh. i didn't know it and i think quarantine kind of shook everybody yeah but it became evident that there was a situation at the beginning of quarantine and then flared up it's weird to talk about because i haven't talked to anybody about it publicly wow because it was really scary and even though i'm a really personal performer i tend yeah. not to talk about stuff that's going on right but why not um that happened, and um, I had a home invasion, oh, unrelated. Geez. Um Someone came into my home while I was sleeping. Oh. Um, that also threatened my sense of safety in this world, hugely. I just, obviously, I'm still affected by it. Sure. And walk through the world a little differently than I did. Yeah. Um, I lost a lot of work and got some new work and yeah. had to think on my feet. Um, I lost Nina and that was totally shaking considering that she was the muse for this whole world and I felt like I was standing in this world alone after she passed Um, 
and then recently I was diagnosed with a blood disorder um, and all of that as hard as it's been has all been this clarifying process of like Uh what's important and Uh um, what like I'm here to make music and I'm here to to not just to make music but Uh to um, hopefully help people Uh and that has really just Coalesced. I wouldn't. I um, things are not at all easier. They're much much harder now. Yeah. But um, things are also clearer, and in some ways things mm-hmm. are a little bit easier because, like the addiction piece that was always so important, always on the front of my mind. Uh-huh. I'm an addict. I'm yeah. always struggling with it. Yeah. Suddenly it became not as difficult or important mm-hmm. as I have this much time on Earth, and yeah. what do I want to do while I'm here with it, and what's important? Community. Mm-hmm. and people and mm-hmm. um, it refined what I want to do with music too my music is here in this community mm-hmm. and um, hopefully someday we'll reach people outside of the community too but the ones who really need it mm-hmm. you know it's not it's not radio music mm-hmm. it's not for the radio I'm not mm-hmm. going to be that ever um, but if I can help people in some way who are also going through difficult times then that's that's the important thing mm-hmm. yeah it's it's done a lot quarantine had a gave me a odd wrench in everything yeah 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 most musicians talk about the effect of their chop on their chops but not you no no i did never like sat down and was like i'm gonna get better at guitar i'm yeah, gonna yeah. well no i guess not no no that wasn't at all in my mind just it made me it squeezed me as a person so yeah. hard, and yeah. that's where my music comes from. I've never been the best guitar player. I've <laughs> never been able to communicate really clearly in musical terms. I've never been <laughs> a music theory person. I uh-huh. always felt behind the rest of my band. Uh-huh. Um, like I was just keeping my head above water and inferior to <laughs> fellow musicians. And But it's always come from my heart and who mm-hmm. I am as a person and mm-hmm. this growing imperfect person who makes a lot of mistakes and that I think is where the heart of it all is mm-hmm. and that is where my music grew from too mm. um, I mm. became a better guitar player incidentally <laughs> but that's certainly not the first thing that I would s- talk about if as what changed during quarantine yeah yeah, yeah. obviously yeah yeah really boy yeah. Uh. so this new album comes out when Halloween wow yep the October 31st uh-huh. Yeah, it's been, we started right before quarantine, uh-huh. and then the studio that we did our first recording session in closed down, oh. and we've bounced around from studio to studio uh-huh. during when, like, the quarantine lifted for a short period of time, we yeah. would hit yeah. a new studio and do some stuff there, and do some stuff there, it's this... Uh. Um, it's beautiful. The players that came in on this, Margaret Ware and mm-hmm. Anna Tevel, mm-hmm. Tivel, and... Um, Oh, there's so many. Um, all the people in the band, J.D. Erickson. Mm-hmm. Um, we mm-hmm. had Patrick Tietralt working on it and mm-hmm. Frank Sway. Um, all, all these amazing people in all these different places and different times. Mm. And it's the most beautiful thing. I'm so proud of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just like forged during this mm-hmm. painful time. I remember tracking right after my home invasion, trying to do vocals. Oh, geez. And then we had to scrap almost the whole session. Yeah. Because I, you know, I wasn't in a great place and it just no. wasn't, you know, working yeah. for me. And then yeah. um, the very, like, very clear, uh-huh. stark memories of building this album during these times. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, what's it called? Strange World. 
Aha. Yeah. It's the concept for Strange and the Familiars came about with the name, with Nina Nightmare and Stephanie Strange, but I didn't really know where it was going. I kind of just was coming to me in these stories. Uh-huh. Um, and so the first album is lives in that world, but it doesn't exactly paint the whole picture of what's happening, that mm-hmm. this, is, um, this is a world that you're entering. I'm inviting mm-hmm. you into. It's theatrical. Um, you ha- it's Im- based on the imagination, and it's very, very visual. Um, and that is the strange, strange world and the comic book that's coming out with it are mm-hmm. an explicit invitation to come into this world and to join me. And it tells you exactly what it is and what's mm-hmm. going on and mm-hmm. why you should come into this world and join me. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. And who did the comic book? Jay Reynolds is uh-huh. the artist. Um, uh-huh. He's at Stuffed Skullcat. Mm-hmm. on um, the social medias and he he was a friend of mine beforehand and then I just reached out to him and asked him if he wanted to work on the first mini comic mm-hmm. a little five pager and we did that and then I asked him if he wanted to do a bigger one and it was a bigger undertaking than either of us could have possibly imagined oh, yeah. Um, yeah. it's been this huge process I learned how to do it while we were doing it. Mm-hmm. I definitely took a lot of missteps on it, including underestimating what a 26 comic pa- book, what a 26 page comic book would mean yeah. to create yeah, yeah. along with an album. Yes. And yeah, I was. Is it all one package? Are you selling it as, 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 a, as, a, as a hard copy CD plus the, plus the book? Well, I'm not doing CDs, I don't think, okay. for this run. Um, just because we, I didn't, we stopped selling the Pretty Deadly CDs. Yeah. People just find stuff online. Right. But the comic book is going to come with a digital download. Very good. Yeah. Very good. And the yeah. we're releasing the first episode of the comic with the album. So the uh-huh. album's going to be available. And then I think around December, that it's going to be done with its run of uh-huh. the, the whole comic book. And then yeah. I'm going to get it printed. And then that's uh-huh. going to be available with a download code at the back of it. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 Huh. Is there, a, is there a release gig? Yes, yeah. We're going to be playing the Jack London Review. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. I'm so excited. It's our first time playing there. Yeah. Um, just right up our alley in terms of the uh-huh. like darkness of it and speakeasy yeah, feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's yeah. going to be a burlesque show after, huh. which goes to the carnival-esque nature that we uh-huh. go into sometimes. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. So I'm really excited about that. It's should be should be a good time. We have a nice, solid group of people who dig dig what we're doing now. Huh, that's yeah. great. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I I'm, maybe it's maybe it's it's me and, and I'm I'm just not aware of it, but uh, I I haven't seen very many um mentions of 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 burlesque since the since the pandemic. Neither have I. Yeah, this is weird. the first. I mean, it's usually it's usually very active. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure in Portland. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's just on the underground people aren't talking about it because be. of the nature of it. Yeah, yeah. It's a weird thing doing events at all right now. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Very, yes. very mixed bag. Yeah. So Nicholas, you've met Nicholas, right? Nicholas. The guy who runs Jack London. No, I haven't. Oh. Um, I work with Dave Chasseret, who is a teaching artist at Fame as well. Huh. And he is the booker at Jack London. Huh. And, um, you know, I talk about my stuff and it comes up in uh-huh. memoir writing classes when I share with students uh-huh. what I do. Uh-huh. Um, and... Dave and I have been working together a long time, and then 
we just it just kind of came about really organically of me talking about this release and him booking for the club and Halloween was the night. Yeah. 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 Wow. Nice. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> so it is a lot. It's a lot. It's well, considering you know what the, the the events of the past year and a half. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, an awful lot. Yeah, for sure. It's art is um an expelling poison for me, <laughs> and it always has been. And there's mm-hmm. been a lot of poison this year. Um, yeah. So there's been a lot of expelling, and I can't help but like put out there what I do. I don't know mm-hmm. what it is, but I as I've been experiencing this stuff, just it's been coming out in a way I, you know, I control and form, but I can't help how much comes out. And yeah, yeah it's, this is what I do. I'm, I'm not, I don't, I'm not going to have kids. I have, I have a cat. Yes. I <laughs> walk through this world making art and yeah. um, interacting with my community and teaching lessons and learning yeah. from teaching lessons. And yeah. so this is it. This is, this is what I do. Wow. Yeah. So I don't always do it perfectly or even very well but that's important to me too is to just keep doing it and well yeah learning yeah you, you, yeah you have to keep making things yeah definitely you know because yeah. that's what you do right exactly yeah you know you can't help that can't help it. well i can't do anything else right exactly <laughs> <laughs> my mom got off my back a couple of years ago about getting a nine to five office job like, oh. <laughs> not only will I not do it, I can't do it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've been let go from offices. It doesn't suit my nature. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've ever, I don't know that I've ever had a real office job. Good I for did you. work for an ad agency one time. Did you? Yes, it's a low profession. Yeah. Did you write copy? I wrote and produced screaming car commercials. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Wow. Yes. yes. Interesting. For dealerships all over the country. Wow. They were how, the same commercials, but, you Yeah. Know. <laughs> how was how your soul doing after that? <laughs> oh, you know, I, I, I would show up to the edit room um, still drunk from the night before. Yeah. I get well, that. No, I'm not an alcoholic or anything, but, cause, but uh, that was, uh, you know, it, it's okay. Yeah. You know, it was a gig. Right. <laughs> I read oh, I read a massive amount of books over quarantine, and one was George Orwell's Keep the Epidestra Flying. <laughs> Have you read that one? No. It's about a guy who is really good at writing copy for ads, <laughs> agencies. And he, so he has this opportunity to make money, and he decides he's going to stick to his morals and not do anything with ads and not do any copy for that kind of thing. And um, then... He's poor, and that's the whole book yeah. in the George Orwell style. It's him being miserable and yeah. poor, and at the end of his rope the whole time. And then, of course, it ends with him taking a job at the ad agency, having money, and <laughs> talking about convincing people how, what they should be ashamed of to sell products. <laughs> so it's very, very Orwellian. Yeah. Now this was a crazy. This was crazy. I bet it was really crazy. Yeah. I had to I'd go to. Actually, had to go talk to clients once in a while yeah yeah i wrote by the way i mean i i it's not for public consumption but because the the dealership is still in existence but i i wrote and produced a vile and obscene car commercial really which i will share with you i can't share with anybody else i would love but, to see it. uh it's it's a radio radio spot that was and it got on the radio no it did not it get did on the not. radio <laughs> good good it did not get on the radio i'd love to yeah. see that yeah yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> that sounds good. Yeah. Actually, uh, maybe I'll send you this. I, I wrote a, a little um, little memoir of that of that period. Oh, I'd love to read that. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah, they, I find the pretty funny worst jobs not worst, but yes. the, they make the best. Absolutely, best stories, best memoirs. They do. Yeah. They do. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Never worked in the car car dealership good industry. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah, I feel good about that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Thank you very much for coming in. It's been oh, great. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, and uh, good luck with the album. Thank you. And the and everything else. I appreciate it. Thank and you. And the cat. Oh yes, Mr. Knox. Why do you call him Mr. Knox? Um, he, I named him Knox because... K-N-O-X? N-O-X. Oh, N-O-X. N-O-X, but oh. it's, it's flexible. Um, <laughs> I wanted to give him a chance to see if he was going to be a nightmare, like Nina, because um, you don't know when they're kittens. Right. Uh, Knox means night. Uh -huh. um, and darkness, yeah. and he's a little black cat. Yes. So, um, but I figured it could also double if he doesn't happen to be a nightmare because uh -huh. he knocks stuff around and causes all yes, kinds of, of course. damage. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, but he's he's provides a lot of comfort. Yeah. 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 Well, they like to knock things over. They really do. They do. Really, he's a terror, <laughs> and he's a trash cat. He, oh, no. There is nothing he loves better than going into the bathroom, pulling something out of the trash, and shredding it up all over the floor. Of course. It's disgusting. He'll get over it. Yeah. He'll get over so, it. He and will. even if he doesn't. It may take him years and years and years. Years and years. But they do eventually get over that, yeah. pretty much. I'm in it for the long haul. I guess they're just like people. As they get older, yes. they just calm down and aren't able to cause as much trouble. Well, you know, I mean, how much trouble can you cause, you know? I mean, really, yeah. especially if you have negative reinforcement for causing it. That's true. Because living with a cat is a constant war. <laughs> it is. It's wonderful. They love you yes. and you love them, mm -hmm. but it is it is a competition. It is. They're antagonizers. Yes. They live for it. Yeah. That's their energy. I feel like yeah. it's... You, we domesticated them, yes. so they <laughs> are getting us back by constantly testing but our boundaries. But not, not when they get older. No. 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 Cats and people settle into each other. Right. Yeah. Right. They're wild little beasts. Thank you so well, much okay. for having me on. And, and uh, we'll close like we usually do. And when I say, that's entertainment. <laughs> You said, keep on keeping on, baby. You said, keep on keeping on, my friend. You said, keep on keeping on, darling. We'll get there in the end. Oh, it will come sooner or later, yeah. Oh, it will come sooner than later, yeah. Life is sweeter than candy, yeah Life is finer than the finest wine, oh yeah Life is a bowl full of cherries Life is sweeter than pie And pie's pretty hard to beat So keep on keeping on, baby, yeah 
Just keep on keeping on, my friend. Oh yeah, keep on keeping on, darling. We'll get there in the end. Oh, it will come sooner or later, yeah. Oh, it will come sooner than later, yeah. 'Cause life is sweet. Pretty hard to beat. I think we all know that pie's pretty damn hard to beat. 